The Mariners offense failed to find its groove over the weekend, leading to a series split with the visiting Angels. Is this just a bump in the road or a concerning sign for the future? We'll tell you that. Plus, we're kicking off prospect week here on the Locked On Mariners podcast with Colby's 30 through 26 rankings of the Mariners farm system. Thank you so much for tuning in. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone. Go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. It is Monday, August 8th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. I am your host, Tidane Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. For Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez is C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1 be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone we post two additional podcasts on there every single week again that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone and if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on YouTube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it we are slowly but surely working our way up to 3,000 subscribers so if you haven't subscribed already please help us get to that mark so of course we are going to be beginning prospect week to on today's show uh, later on in the show Colby is going to give you his 30 through 26 prospects in the Mariners farm system but first we need to talk about this past weekend the Mariners end up taking two of four from the Angels, which, if you heard our show on Friday, little disappointing from the Mariners, all things considered, especially after the Angels sold at the deadline, entered the series without Mike Trout. And a big reason for that, of course, was the Mariners' offense. Now, I know, I know, you know, we, we spent all of Friday's show mercilessly dragging the Angels, and some of you in the comments, not a ton of you, but some of you in the comments said, oh, you jinx the Mariners, you curse the Mariners. Let's get one thing straight here. The Angels, and I'll let you in on a little secret here, they're still trash. The Mariners, however, particularly on offense, we're also pretty trash, especially through the first three games of this series. Right, Colby? Yeah, uh, they were awful. Um, and the real frustrating thing about that is, is that it's not even in one of those cases where like a bad pitcher has his best stuff and the Mariners, oh, well, we hit the ball hard a few times. You just went right to people. Like, no, no excuse. They were just bad. Like the fact that they didn't absolutely destroy Patrick Sandoval on Friday after the dude, I think, had six walks and hit two guys is an abomination. And he goes, what, five scoreless innings against you? Like five and a third scoreless innings against you? It's unacceptable. Uh, it's it's not what any functional offense does. And honestly, functional is a good thing to question about the Mariners' offense because, yikes. I mean, it was bad with the exception of Sunday. So even the even the other win they got, it was a two-to-one game, and, and it was Ty France hitting a two-run home run in the fourth and them hanging on for dear life. 
that's not a uh, that's not a sustainable formula for success. And look, every team is going to go up against a pitcher who just has his good stuff, and and for whatever reason, like yeah, you know what, it's it's going to happen. I mean, if Jamison Tyone goes out there tonight and just you know seven scoreless innings and he's got this great stuff and you know the Mariners just really can't get anything going fine whatever that happens if Jamison Tyone you know is throwing 94 mile an hour fastballs down the middle of the plate and Seattle's popping them up all night that's a bad offense performance that's not because the pitcher was so good so low scores doesn't mean that the pitcher was good let's let's just be clear about that Mm -hmm. Uh, and this Mariners offense is terrible Kyle Lewis had another disastrous week uh, weekend. Uh, Carlos Santana left a small village on the bases. Um, he's something like six for his last 55 or something like it. Just it's not working. And, and you know, aside from really, I mean, Ty France had a couple nice hits. Uh, Sam Haggerty had another really good surprise. Sam Haggerty had another really good game. Uh, Jesse Winker hit the big home run. But right now, this offense basically what it comes down to is they're going to create enough traffic to score runs. They're going to. They're going to walk. They're going to do that thing. Uh, the question becomes, do they get the big hit when they need it? And it seems like every single game, the Mariners will inevitably load the bases and they'll either get zero or they'll get one. Mm. <laughs> like that. that's the whole Mariners offense right now. And thankfully on Sunday, it was one of the rare times where they actually took advantage of a bases loaded situation. Thanks to Jesse Winker. Uh, but it's, it's really the Mariners offense. It's feast or famine. Either they're going to get the big hit and they're going to pile on or they're not. And they're going to force their pitching staff to try and get 27 outs without surrendering more than two runs, which even against bad lineups, like, uh, like Los Angeles of Anaheim, it's, it's not always that easy. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it's, it's time for the Mariners to, you know, kind of look themselves in the mirror and start talking about how do we maximize our 26 man roster? Because right now it's, it's not. And, and they're running out of the injury excuse here pretty soon because Julio will be back. France is back. Uh, Hanniger's back, you know, Demo's back, Trammell's back, blah, 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 blah. And those were the excuses for the last month about why the Mariners didn't need a bat because they were going to get healthy and it was going to fix everything. And it hasn't mm-hmm. surprise, but it hasn't. So the Mariners entering Sunday's game were a three for 18 with runners in scoring position through the first three games of the series. And they left 25 men on base, whopping 25. I'm pretty sure Santana was responsible for like half of those two by himself. (laughs) So one, two and three got on base, you know, pretty regularly. Yeah. Four, five and six didn't do their job. So as you mentioned, Julio is expected to be back at some point during this uh, Yankee series towards the uh, towards the end of the Yankee series. Same for Dylan Moore, potentially. Taylor Trammell is likely right behind them and is performing pretty well down in AAA right now on his rehab assignment. So at that point, you have all the reinforcements you've been expecting. You're going to have to start performing here. And if not, I mean, this goes back to my whole rants, my my giant rants after the uh, after deadline day. That like you should have done more offensively, you know. You should have, you know. I wanted these options, uh, you know, of Kyle Lewis and you know even Carlos Santana to a degree, just to mention those guys that you mentioned, to be fallback options, not the guys that I rely on. Not you know I don't like. Right now, the Mariners are putting a lot of stock into players like Carlos Santana and Kyle Lewis performing for the sake of their playoff viability, really. You know, this isn't just, you know, the guys who are going to rotate through the lineup. Like, right now, 
as currently constructed, the Mariners need Carlos Santana and Kyle Lewis to perform because those guys are going to get considerable amount of at bats just the way it is right now. Yeah, but they should. And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't, right? And especially as they get healthier. And I mean, we've talked time and time again about, you know, eventually what do you do with Kyle Lewis here when Taylor Trammell gets healthy? I think it's there's no question in my mind that Trammell should replace Kyle Lewis on this roster right now because he gives you more defensive uh, uh, versatility and ability in any. general. And yeah. yeah, which is any. And he also gives you, you know, value on the base pass and he there's a non-zero chance he's just a better hitter right now than kyle lewis is that's not to 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 besmirch kyle lewis whatsoever i know sometimes when i say these things about kyle lewis we get comments about oh he's the 2020 al rookie of the year or whatever he's just not that player right now he's not that player right now he's not he's very clearly not fully healthy there's no question of whether or not he'll ever be fully healthy again and it seems like it's likely not. So now he's got to got to reinvent himself. He's got to figure out how he can maximize his value as the current talent that he is right now. And he's just not doing that at the moment. And I don't uh, think he's really in a place to do that right now no. either. I'll just say it since, you know, you don't want to, but other people do. Um, the Mariners don't owe Kyle Lewis a dang thing. Nothing. Not an at-bat, not a 26-man roster spot. Not even a spot on their 40-man roster. Doesn't mean they have to DFA him. But if the Mariners DFA'd Kyle Lewis this winter, I wouldn't care. He hasn't earned it, and part of that is not his fault. Yes, he's been hurt a lot, but you have to be available, period. Before all else, you have to be available. Kyle Lewis, you never know if he's going to play. You don't know if you have him until an hour before the game. That is not beneficial to your team at all, especially when he's not hitting. Right, Kyle Lewis, the Mariners don't owe Kyle Lewis anything. They paid him his bonus. They paid him his paycheck. They helped him with his rehab, rehabs. They don't owe him anything, let alone at-bats in a playoff situation. Zero. So if you think Taylor Trammell is better than Kyle Lewis right now, which anybody with eyeballs should agree, then it's an easy call. You make that decision. So there's no nuance here. It's not like Carlos Santana where it's, he's such a big clubhouse guy and everybody in the clubhouse loves and respects him. Like, do you want to DFA that? Do you want to disrupt something this close to the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Kyle Lewis doesn't have that kind of cachet. He doesn't. He's 27 years old. He's had one great month in his, in his big league career. And the rest of the time he's been, eh, he's been okay. Pretty good. One great month, which was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And people act like he's a golden cow that you can't possibly replace on this roster. You can't possibly give his at-bats to somebody else. Why? Because he won an award in a down year in the middle of a pandemic season? Who cares? Kyle Lewis does not deserve to be on this roster. Uh, And honestly, he's got to earn his 40-man spot over the winter. It shouldn't be safe. It shouldn't just be guaranteed to him. So, you know. We can either win and admit these type of things or we can keep on throwing the same guy out there in the same situation, hoping for a different result because we like him. It's the old Dylan Moore uh, argument. I like Dylan Moore. Well, Dylan Moore can't hit. But I like him. But he can't hit. But look at these other things he does. But he can't hit. Well, I like him, so I want him on this roster. Do you want to win or do you want to win only with the guys you like? That's your option. So what's it going to be? I just, I, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's a slam dunk. But these people who think you can't replace Kyle Lewis, that Dylan Moore absolutely has to be on this 26-man roster when he's healthy. I, I question your motives. 
do you want the best 26-man roster this Mariners team can can put out on the field? And if you don't, then don't complain about the playoff drought because clearly you don't care. So that's what it is. So let's talk about some guys that Colby does like in the Mariners farm <laughs> system in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like Screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. So uh, real quick, a programming note. We are going to be off tomorrow. We are not going to be recording an episode tomorrow. Uh, So despite that, however, we are going to be starting prospect week here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. And so later on in the week, we'll probably double up on these and do five prospects at, at, at a time. Uh, but today we're going to be starting with 30 and, through 26, especially because you know we wanted to do this now because trade deadlines passed. No further significant moves can be made to the Mariners farm system at this point until November at the earliest. And so, you know, we, we felt this was a good time to kind of reset and uh, just look at the farm, especially now that some significant changes have happened with, you know, the Luis Castillo trade, of course, and Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, Levi Stout, Andrew Moore, all leaving the organization. The MLB draft. <laughs> yeah. And then we, of course, yeah, had the MLB draft. So let's start with 30 through 26 here as determined by Colby Patnode. Number 30, Josh Hood, infielder. Number 29, first base slash designated hitter, Robert Perez Jr., old Bobby Bombs. Uh, at number 28, Juan Mercedes, right-handed pitcher. At number 27, Milcar Perez, infielder. And at number 26, infielder, Starlin Aguilar. Let's start with Josh Hood. Why do you like Josh Hood, and why did he crack your top 30? Bat speed for days. Um, Josh Hood can hit a fastball, which seems like duh, but I think we watched Jesse Winker enough this year to know that that's not always a given. Uh, but Josh Hood can hit velocity. He was one of the best players in college baseball at hitting 98 miles an hour or, or harder. Uh, just insane exit velocity numbers, too. This is a very much a data-driven guy. Uh, he's also a good athlete. Uh, like I said, plenty of bat speed, good athlete, good runner, strong arm. Uh We'll see. If he, he's probably not going to stick it short. He's probably ultimately a third baseman, uh, but he can handle short if you need him to in a pinch. Uh, second base is a good enough athlete to play up the middle if you need him to. Uh, but like, there's a ton of bat speed there. There's a ton of raw power. Uh, there is some. There are some contact issues, which is why he's not higher on the list. But uh, as much as I drag the guy, there is a Dylan Moore comp here, and Dylan Moore could be a valuable player 
if you just change everything about his swing, I don't think you have to change everything about Josh Hood's swing. Uh, but he does have work to do, which is why he's 30 and not, you know, inside the top 25 or so. But there's there's a lot of tools for the Mariners to work with and and the uh, the data to back it up. All right. So Bobby Bombs obviously mm -hmm. had a sensational season down in Modesto, finally got a call up to Everett. Why do you like Bobby Bombs so much to put him in your top 30 as a first base slash DH type? Who doesn't like dingers? Um, it's true. It's a good argument. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just ton of power, ton of uh, a ton of stat cast data to back this up. Guy hits the ball hard. He barrels it up a lot. Uh, and this is a little bit of a tricky profile to rank because he is just first base. Uh, there, there is no dream that he could play third or in the outfield. It's first base slash DH type, and he has to hit. He's a he's been around. He's got a lot of experience for a guy who's only in high A. So the numbers are a little bit skewed here. But right-handed power, uh, that's pretty easy power. I would say sixty grade at least um, in-game power. Uh, is always something that is interesting. And you talk about, again, a guy who can really put backspin on the ball, a guy who hits the ball hard consistently. That's a guy worth noting. So this is all bad if, if he really struggles at high A and he has to repeat the level next year, and then he's probably not a top 50 guy. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, volatility in this rank, but he's done enough this year that I think he should be in the top 30. He's worth watching. Uh like I said, if, if you're asking me which one's more likely to be a big leaguer, I would probably say Josh Hood. If you're asking me which one's more likely to be an everyday big leaguer, I'd probably take the chance on Perez just because the power and the hit tool are, are, are pretty good right now. So Juan Mercedes is someone that I've seen in the you know low to mid-teens, even you know low 20s, or high 20s rather, uh, from, from some other outlets. But uh, why do you have him at 28? Because I hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah. no, uh, I like Mercedes quite a bit. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fastball. It's mostly 92, 93 touches tops off at 95. Uh, but it does have some arm side run to it. Um, you know, the breaking ball, he's got kind of a slider and curveball, but they kind of mesh together at times. Uh, and honestly the kind of the slurve when it actually does turn into kind of more of a slurve, uh, indistinguishable pitch, it's actually probably better than when he's just a true curveball or true slider. So, it's it's you know it's kind of an iffy pitch there for me. Uh, there's certainly upside to it, but it's not quite there yet. Changeup, not consistent enough to count as a third pitch. So there's a question as to whether or not he ends up in the bullpen. Um, we'll see, but it's, it's a very repeatable delivery. He's a good athlete. Uh, doesn't have trouble getting deep into games. Holds his velocity pretty well. So it's not a guaranteed bullpen profile here. Uh, the only other thing I would point out is that he's given up ten home runs in seventy innings or so. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Uh, right. And part of that is, you know, you're you're throwing as many strikes as he does. You're going to catch a lot of the plate sometimes, which goes to, again, he has more control than he does command at this stage. Uh, there's a lot to like here, but I think there's probably enough to suggest that he's going to end up a middle reliever uh, that I would push him down here. But there's a number four starter in here, so I, I get why people have him ranked higher than I do. I just I want to see more from the breaking ball and the changeup in particular. But uh, in terms of like just feel and, and strike throwing and, and delivery and all that stuff. It's right there. So I get why people like him a little more than I do. All right. Milkar Perez has not had a good season <laughs> whatsoever, but he still makes no. it in your top 30. Why do you still believe in Milkar Perez? Because I can't be wrong. <laughs> um, 
No, it's this is a guy who was, you know, fringe top 10 for me uh, preseason, and I really thought he was going to end up being top five towards the end of it. Just taking a huge step back this year, but I, I it's, you know, it's gonna you're going to have a hard time convincing me that a guy in 350 at-bats has just gone from, like, legit, hey, this is a really good prospect to this guy is just bad now. I, I don't see it. He's only 20 years old. He's got all the tools he had last year. Um, and he still works counts, draws plenty of walks, uh, has a good idea of the strike zone, still very CTZ profile, just not a good year for him. And, and he's got to step it up. I mean, if, if he doesn't finish strong and, and kind of carries these issues into, uh, into next year, he's going to be a non-prospect and that'll be a bummer because, uh, what Milkar Perez did last year was incredibly impressive. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not giving up on him because of, you know, granted an extended, uh, slump, uh, but uh, he's just 20 years old, so I'm not ready to write him off completely. And again, there's enough CTZ, there's enough in the bat here, uh, and I think there's just enough defensively that he can still be an everyday player. It's just, it's it's definitely taking a hit. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And then lastly on the list, Starlin Aguilar, who I believe was in the late teens for you the last time you did your yep. rankings, but has now fallen to 26. Uh, why did uh, Aguilar take such a, a big hit despite some of the names that have left the organization? Well, no home runs this year um, is, is kind of the big one. Uh, also, he's absolutely not a third baseman. That ship has sailed along with Noel V. Marte staying at shortstop. Doesn't really have the athleticism to move to second. Uh, obviously, he can't play shortstop. So it's pretty much infield or, or first base or left field for him. The arm is not very good either. Uh, so it's a, it's a guy who, you know, isn't hitting for power really is, is a corner guy and really only profiles at two corner spots. And they're the least valuable ones <laughs> that there are, uh, the hit tool hasn't been great either. Um, good contact rates hits for some average, but nothing like ungodly, uh, that makes up for no power, no defense and no base running. So little concerned here that maybe that we're looking at another Joe Rizzo type, but the guy's only 18 years old. He's still so young. Uh, he's only in the complex league. So it's just, again, the, the, the tools are there. He could hit 270. He could still get to 20, 25 home run power. We're just not seeing it right now. Um, so I'm willing to give him, you know, this winter or the rest of this year, this winter and, and see where he's at in the spring, uh, before I, I drop him down further. But, uh, there's just not a ton of, uh, I just, I don't see a ton of, growth from him uh this year versus last year and other guys have, have simply passed him uh in my mind so the mariners hosting the yankees starting tonight can logan gilbert get back on track we'll be talking about that in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by bet online betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. So the Yankees have been slumping quite a bit as of late. They are losers of five straight uh, since the Mariners last saw them, of course two of those losses coming against the Seattle Mariners. And so 
the Mariners are essentially catching the, the Yankees at probably no better time this season. The Yankees have been red hot aside from really this little stretch here that they've been on, uh, this poor stretch that they've been on. Of course, they're 70 and 39. John Carlos Stanton still hurt, so don't have to face him. Uh, but they still have Aaron Judge. They still have Andrew Benatendi. They still have Glaber Torres. They still have DJ LeMayu. They still have, like, mm. dudes. And, of course, Matt Carpenter, who, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt Carpenter has been uh, insane this season. So, Logan Gilbert saw this team last week and got shelled for six it runs. It did not go well. It did not go very well. And things have not gone particularly well for Gilbert in general over his last few starts. Is there anything you have seen over the last few starts that suggests maybe he's starting to figure it out? Maybe he's starting to dig himself out of this hole or is it just, is he still just on a downward trend in your mind? No. No to the downward trend or no that you haven't seen No to the first part. No to the first part. Okay. The the bad no. Yeah. Um, yeah, The bad bad no. The bad timeline. Yes. It's gotten (laughs) so bad that I have to wonder if at some point it's not Logan Gilbert you should send down to AAA for a couple of weeks to try and, you know, fix something because it's it's just – it's not competitive. The changeup hasn't been a pitch he can use for like three months. Uh, the slider isn't as sharp. He doesn't have as much command of his fastball as he did. And all those things came into play uh, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, it's just Logan Gilbert has a great fastball. When he gets behind three and one because he can't locate any of his off-speed stuff and he throws 98 miles an hour down the middle, doesn't matter how good the fastball is. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's 110. They know it's coming. They know it's going to be in the strike zone, and they they mash it. So, Again, Logan Gilbert can have success against this lineup. Certainly can. He needs a slider um, or his changeup, one or the other, at least, to have any kind of success against this lineup. Otherwise, it's going to be batting practice uh, for the Bronx Bombers and and probably a game that Logan just has to wear it because, again, the bullpen, not in terrible shape, but not in great shape either. So it's one of those things where the bullpen's probably not in terrible shape, but if you have to use – they have to cover six innings tonight instead of three. Then it can have a snowball effect on the rest of the series. So this might be a game where Logan has to wear it. Uh, the beauty of Logan Gilbert, though, is that he's young enough and he has enough upside. You never know what you're going to get out of him. So uh, it's always possible that he goes out there and he just you know dominates the Yankees. He's done it once before uh, at T-Mobile. So maybe that's a difference. Maybe it's, you know, I'm not pitching at Yankee Stadium. I don't have to be as precise. I can make a few more mistakes here and there. Maybe that helps mentally, but it's been a pretty steep downward trajectory since really, what, the end of May. Um, And so you hope he can turn it around. He says he feels great. Uh, I mean, I hope so. I I, I think this is more about – this is just more about execution and and the fact that he can't challenge hitters with anything in the strike zone except for his fastball. It's an issue, Uh, particularly when you're going up against these really good lineups like Toronto – like New York, like Houston. So you don't sound very confident about this, uh, about tonight or, or really the oh, series no. in general. The Mariners Maybe. are going to win tonight three to one. Oh, like, okay. of course. Book it. Yeah. 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 Like, Reverse jinx. Reverse jinx. In effect. Obviously. Obviously. Um, uh, these yes. pitching matchups are, are going to be something else. Uh, oh, they're just, fun. Just listen to this. Uh, Jamison Tyone versus Logan Gilbert tonight. 
tomorrow 65 we get Tomorrow we get a rematch between Garrett Cole and, uh, and Luis Castillo. Yep, going to go 80. out on a limb and say the Mariners probably not going to score six off of Garrett Cole in the first inning, at least. <laughs> at least in the first and inning. And I'm, I'm the pessimist. Uh, Clearly, yes. Uh, and then uh, Nestor Cortez, Nasty Nestor versus mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Ray. So we got a lot of fun pitching matchups coming up here for the, uh, for the Mariners. And, I mean, if you're going to go into a series against the Yankees, you're going to want your three best guys, the Mariners – get their three best guys unless maybe Colby at this point, maybe George Kirby is better than Logan Gilbert to you. Kirby's better than Logan Gilbert right now. I'm not sure it's close yeah. to be well, honest. Yeah. Right, right now. Yes. Yes. Probably. I mean, just like yeah. in terms of skill set too, like, like if I had to win a game to make the playoffs or, or game seven or whatever, and I had to choose between Gilbert or Kirby, Kirby, not close, not even thinking about it for a second. George Damn. Kirby. Damn. Yeah. Logan right, Gilbert right now is a number five. Right, how, how many home runs is Aaron Judge hitting in the series? Just prepare me. Just just prepare me here. Two. But he's mm-hmm. going to walk eight times. He's going to walk eight times. It's kind of the Mariners' mo, isn't it? They like yeah. they're like, okay, look, we're not going to let Aaron Judge beat us. We're not going to let uh, Jordan Alvarez. We're going to walk him if we have to. I don't care, you know, whatever. Blah blah blah. We'll never intentionally walk them. We'll make our pitchers waste the pitches, just you know, and hope they don't make a mistake. But yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, the only guy that they've ever like really gone right after, well, two guys that they've gone right after, even when maybe they shouldn't have, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And it works great for Otani because that dude can't hit a Mariner slider if his life depended on it, which is fun and funny. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you made a mistake not picking the Mariner, Shohei. Uh, anyways, um, sucks. Uh, but uh, no, it's, yeah. Uh, of course, I had to get in the shot. Shohei Otani went, I think, like three for 22 in the series with like 11 strikeouts. <laughs> Overrated. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, what Judge does. You're going to have uh, 22 at-bats in, in a four-game series? <laughs> well, I mean, they had the one game where I think he got six. So, like, sure. right. I don't know. Whatever he was, he had three hits. They were all singles and a sacrifice fly when it was already six to one. Ooh. 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 The Mariners should never watch Shohei Otani. That guy's a bum. That's right. I said it. Um, they didn't even have to use Justice Sheffield to get him this time. That's true. That's true. So, like, I mean, how bad? Like, how down can you be if you can't even get a hit off of not Justice Sheffield? Uh, no, but uh, Judge, I think they they're very careful with him. But I think they make enough mistakes that we'll get a preview of what the home run derby might look like next year in T-Mobile Park. Maybe only once. But if anybody can hit a ball out of that stadium in the game, it's probably Aaron Judge. Yeah, or John Carlos Stanton, who, who? fortunately, fortunately the Mariners get to uh, dodge. Darn, uh, no darn. Ah, uh, shucks. So maybe Garrett Cole sleeps wrong on his neck and they have to push him back a couple days. I uh, that would suck. that would be really unfortunate for all the <sighs> fans going to Bummer. T-Mobile Park. Bummer. How many people I'm sure do you think all are going to are very excited to see Garrett Cole? Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to show up for Cole versus Castillo on Tuesday? Because it is Tuesday the Yankees, game? but it is a Tuesday night game. Yeah, I I still think like 20K plus. I'm going to go 30. Yeah. Although I wonder if like tonight they'll have more people because a lot of people thought that Castillo was going to pitch tonight. Mm. It's like, mm, I'm pretty sure they always said Tuesday, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. But uh, no, I expect a pretty decent crowd. They got 25,000 for the Texas series, so. That was Monday through Wednesday. Yeah. True. We'll see. Good point. Good point. All right. So, again, programming note, we're not recording tomorrow. 
We'll be back on Wednesday after the game because it's a uh, matinee. One o'clock. So yep. post-game show. Uh, be sure to join us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, make your second listen. The Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor passion and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on wednesday peace